Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Amen. Well, I hope that you're happy to be in the house of the Lord today because I really am. I've been gone three months and it feels like three years, but uh, you know, traveling is good, coming home is better. And so I'm here today, so excited about being here with you. Uh, take your Bibles or your apps or whatever you want to do and get ready. We're going to go to Romans 12, but just before we do, I want to release the uh, middle schoolers. So if middle schoolers, you have a class this morning, you can make your way to the door. Uh, you can tell that our pastor is not here today and uh, he's got the sniffles and just as a precaution, he stayed home today, but something special is happening in his life this week. We were all geared up to really blow it out this morning for Pastor and his birthday, but he's not here. So this week, if you would like to get a card and put a little cash or write a check to him personally, it's not going to go through the church, just you to Pastor Ben, and that will be next week. If you could bring those cards, that will be wonderful, as Pastor Katie has an eye on a gift for him that she could use a little help with and so that's happening next week also coming up soon is uh, our the launch of our bible college on january the 18th the tuesday the 18th we're going to start our second semester of the bible college this lineup for this semester is absolutely amazing we're going to be looking at vision and values by pastor ben he's going to be teaching that we're going to be looking at a class called church history by pastor steve here and then we're looking at another class called romans by uh, uh melissa marissa and then uh we've got the book uh, the life of moses is coming up and so those are all on the docket for this coming uh semester but something special has happened pastor ben has been after me for about three years we ought to teach revelation we ought to teach revelation we ought to teach revelation and uh finally you know yeah all you guys yeah you don't know what's involved in the book of revelation if you're cheering now with fear and trembling <laughs> i am going to be teaching the book of revelation on tuesday nights open to the whole congregation we'll open it to everybody but six o'clock here on tuesday nights we're going to be launching into the book of revelation and you want to know what the book of revelation is all about come on tuesday nights i've already got some people that are committed uh, by zoom so it's going to be uh, live zoom and it will be live here at the church and that's tuesday night and you can register by going to e4biblecollege.org e4biblecollege.org and you can sign up there so if we would take our bibles here this morning and turn to romans 12 12 is my text this morning and uh want to talk to you about today today romans 12 12. Uh, i have a question for you with all that's going on in the world in your sphere in your family in the community what is god expecting from you january 2nd 2022 so I want to talk to you about today out of Romans 12, 12, because I think Paul is going to give us the answer. In the NIV, it says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. The NLT puts it this way, rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Let's do that right now. Let's pray. <clears throat> 
Lord God, we thank you for this day. We've had a great time already in the house of the Lord, worshiping you, thinking little one, little baby being dedicated and all that's coming up in our lives in the church. We're grateful, Lord. Now, help us to focus, Lord, as we look at your word. And I pray some miracles happen today that you sovereignly speak to individuals through the preaching of the word, through the written word as we're looking at it together, that, Lord, your spirit would communicate with every single person here today. That's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, what does God expect of you? The verse there, it says, be joyful in hope, be patient in affliction, and be faithful in prayer. I just want to work my way down through this simple scripture here and see what God will say to us today. Number one thing, today, God wants you to be joyful in hope. I've been preaching this sermon for many years, off and on in different ways and different venues and different segments of it. But this phrase, joyful in hope, just twirling it around my mind the last few days thinking, what is the antithesis of that in our day and age? Be joyful in hope. I would say the opposite of hope would be fear. And I would say that in our culture today, we're encouraged to be in despair or discouraged in fear. And I'm thinking that is the opposite of the scripture. The Bible is very clear. As a Christian, God wants you to be joyful. The word joyful there is the Greek word Cairo, and it means to be cheerful, calmly happy, well off. Back in the summer, we did a series on the book of Philippians, and the whole point was joy and rejoicing in the whole book of Philippians. And we came down to Philippians 4.4, says uh, in the NLT, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. And, you know, that's easy to preach. But uh, I've lived long enough to know that in this crowd, there are some who are looking at that and going, right. I mean, God made some of you with a little more melancholic nature, a little more Eeyore-ish, mm, right, you know, and just, and your outlook on life is such that uh, maybe that is a huge challenge for you. Be joyful. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm happy all the time. Ask my wife. I mean, people come up to me, how you doing, huh? Happy in Jesus. Ever heard that from me? If you haven't, you haven't said hi to me yet. I mean, I'm happy in Jesus, you know, okay, that, that's who I am. And, and, but I understand that there's other people, and I've had real good friends, would never say that. How you doing? Yeah, well. Be joyful. You know, it's something that those with a melancholic nature have to wrestle with. This command from God. I remember as a kid, I was uh, raised in George Evans Church down in East San Diego, and uh, we had an evangelist come in that set the city on fire, little teeny church, and by the end of the, the revival, three weeks later, every single night, man, the place was hopping, people were getting saved. His theme was Philippians 4, 4, be joyful in the Lord, and if you're not joyful, you're in sin. Well, that impacted me as a little kid, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go so far as to say it's a sin to not be joyful. Uh, but at the same time, it is a challenge. Can you all say that you understand that? That's uh, okay for some people. Just tell them, hey, be joyful. Yeah, you want me to hit you or what, you know? 
uh, be joyful, be cheerful, calmly happy. I do believe, though, that even the most melancholic nature can be challenged by that verse that God is telling you, come on, take it up a notch, be joyful. Even if it's a statement of faith, come on, I'm going to be joyful. I will be joyful. And some of us have bad days, and at that time, you don't want someone to come up to you, come on, be joyful. Yeah, watch out. But those are the days we need to remind ourselves, be joyful. Not just joyful, but to be joyful in hope, not fear. To be joyful in hope. I got great news for you. We have hope. Hope. Now, hope in the New Testament is not like our English language hope where, oh, well, I hope it rains tomorrow or I hope it stops raining tomorrow. Uh, that would be more like wish. I wish it will. No, that is, has nothing to do with the New Testament word hope. The New Testament word hope is like a solid anchor. It is there. It is sure. It's a, it's a testament to God's goodness that we have hope. Hope, defined in the New Testament, is pleasurable anticipation. Pleasurable anticipation. You, as a believer, can pleasurably anticipate the future. Amen to that. No matter what's going on in your world, you can still say, I have hope. Now, we have this hope going on now, but ultimately the passage is talking about our eternal hope. We're going to be with God forever in his presence, and that is eternity that is in store for every one of us. Can you say amen to that? I have hope. Say that with me. I have hope. We can be joyful in our hope. Heaven awaits, but it's also now. I remember as a kid, uh, about that same time that evangelist came to town, I was starting Bible college. And I was 18 years old, and Bible college started down in San Diego. And so I was getting into Bible college. And so as part of the Bible college, we had to go uh, street witnessing. And what we chose to do was go downtown. Now everybody thinks of San Diego downtown. And there's Horton Plaza. Now, on Broadway there, there was some chains along the sidewalk. On the other side of that was the fountain, the Horton Plaza fountain. On the other side of that was a triple X theater. And, you know, that was downtown, okay, back then when I was a kid. And so we would go down there on Sunday afternoons, and we would preach the gospel. And if anybody responded, we'd stick them in our little bus and take them back to a 6 o'clock service at night in East San Diego. And we had quite a few people get saved that way. So I'm up this day, here we are, Bible college students are out there, and so where's my Bible college students? Be glad I'm not asking you to do this. Anyway, so here I am, I'm out on the street, and it's my turn to preach. And so I decided to preach. I'm 18 years old. I got a lot of knowledge. I'm going to preach on heaven. This is going to be great. So I got the Bible college students behind me. I got the little uh, microphone here, and I'm preaching heaven, heaven, heaven. Now, out of the corner of my eye, I see this guy down Broadway, maybe down by Union Street. He's way down there, and he's starting to come this way. 
And I just catch a glance looking at him, and he's weaving all over. And I kept looking at him, and he kept getting closer and closer. Now, I've got a good-sized crowd in front of me because as a kid, I was enthusiastic. I'm not now, but as a kid, I was very enthusiastic. And so I've got a crowd in front of me, and I'm preaching, heaven, 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 heaven. And the kids behind me are shouting amen, and we got a little revival going on Broadway Street, downtown San Diego, as this fellow starts coming closer and closer. Now, he's weaving, and I'm thinking he's inebriated, and I'm about to find out he definitely is, but here he's getting closer and closer, and I had this thought in my mind, that guy is going to bother me. He's going to disrupt this service, you know. I got like 20 people in front of me. I'm preaching, heaven, 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 and he comes over, and he stops right dead in front of me. I'm like four feet from this guy, and he's sitting there just kind of, uh, he's kind of looking at me, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at him, I'm trying to preach around him, heaven, 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 and then I had to take a breath, which of course was my mistake, and as I paused, he says, well, big and loud, that might be good for you, but what about me right now? And, you know, as a good 18-year-old preacher, I just ignored him and went on. No, that's not what I did as an 18-year-old preacher. As a good 18-year-old preacher, I looked him in the eyeball and lost it. I thought, look at this guy. He's, man, if anybody's going to hell, this guy's going to hell. And I thought, man, here I am preaching about heaven, and this guy needs help. He needs it right now. He said, that might be good for you, but what about me right now? Burned into my memory, this is many years later, this is 50 years later, still in my memory. So I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking, yeah, what about you? And it wasn't a dramatic pause, it was an outright dead stop to this great revival service I had going. I'm looking at the guy, the guy's weaving there, looking back at me, expecting, come on, kid, give me something, whatever. And I'm looking at him and I'm going, what do I have to give this guy? I mean... I have money on me. I don't really understand deliverance. I don't know what God can do for this guy. I've heard about rehab, but I don't know anything about it. As a good, clean-cut little 18-year-old, I don't know anything about what's going on in this guy's world. I do not relate to this guy. How long has I been talking about this? Maybe one minute? Yeah, that's what's going on. He's weaving, and I'm staring. Somebody behind me says, Steve, keep preaching. And I, 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 I'm just looking at this guy, thinking, what do I have to give this guy? And I couldn't think of anything to say. I lost it in the sense that, I don't know. You're beyond my scope here, bud. And finally, another student elbowed me out of the way, took the microphone, let's have an altar call. And he ignored the guy, and he went on and on. And I just stood in the crowd and looked and looked at that guy and think, man, I really don't have anything. Well, that was then. This is now. And now I know that we have hope. We have pleasurable anticipation of the future. That guy could be delivered. That guy could be helped. There are things that we could do for that guy that I had no knowledge of back then. But forever in my mind, I'm thinking that guy was a lost soul that I missed. I did not get him into heaven. I, I don't know that only God's mercy will bring that guy into heaven. I, uh, I just think of it like that. 
so what I know but for us, hope. Pleasurable anticipation of the future. You know, it's the real difference between a mature Christian and a new Christian. Same problems happen to everybody. Same financial bills come in the mail. Same family distractions. Same health problems. Same thing happens to everybody, right? Reigns on the just and the unjust alike. But here we go. Here's a new believer. All of a sudden, something happens to them. Their world crumbles. Ah! And then we got this old believer that same exact circumstances, and they're looking at that and going, ah, well, God's helped me before, and God's going to do something about this. Hope, hope, pleasurable anticipation. That's what you need in your life. You need to be able to pleasurably anticipate the future no matter what's happening in the world or the government or whatever. I am going to pleasurably anticipate the future because God's got it in control. Amen? Amen. So when Paul says you need to be joyful in hope, that speaks volumes to me, joyful in hope. But then he goes on, he says you also need to be patient in affliction. <laughs> oh, what am I going to do with this? Here we go. Be patient in affliction. The word patient in the Greek is hupomene or hupomenai or hupomeno, either one of those. And it means literally to stay under, to remain. So patient in the Greek means to stay under, stay under what? Stay under what's going on. To stay under, to remain. So the idea is when you're under pressure, you're feeling crowded, you're being rubbed the wrong way, this is an attitude God wants you to adopt. Proverbs 10.25, real simple verse. It says, when the storm is swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. When the storm has passed by. I uh, one time was uh, building a house down in South Texas years ago, and I was on the roof, and uh, I was, you know, building the roof. And I was up there, and I saw in the distance... I can't see you guys, lights are in my eyes. Anybody from South Texas? I know you guys are from South Texas. Yeah, okay. Anybody else from South Texas here? Anybody know? Oh, okay. Hey, all right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, anyway, so here we are. I'm on this roof, and I see in the distance, you know, it's like 95 degrees in South Texas. Humidity is like 96%. It's like, you know, you just you know, dripping on. And I see in the distance this row of clouds coming at me. I'm working on the roof, and I look, it gets closer, it gets closer, and all of a sudden, it's really close, and it's like on me, and I'm working on the roof, and some guy down below says, hey, you fool up there, get off the roof. And I go, what, what is going on? Lightning and thunder, and in a matter of like five minutes, I could not get off the roof fast enough. All of a sudden, I'm being inundated with a storm and drenching me. The storm came, and then by the time I got down on the ground, the storm had gone. <laughs> it's like, oh, I envision that in this verse. It says, when the storm has swept by, the wicked, pff, they're gone. But the righteous, uh, they, they, they stand firm forever. Storms of life are coming your way. Ah! What God's expecting of you is to be patient. 
to remain, not to run away, to stay under the situation until it passes and so that you're there, you're patiently waiting for God to move. Be patient in affliction. This word affliction is just fascinating. Tribulation, some passages say. Be patient in affliction. The word there, affliction, means to pressure. It's from the root word to crowd, which is from the root word to rub. I remember years ago I was in Japan, and I was getting ready to preach in Japan on this topic, uh, this, this particular word here. And so as I'm looking at this and I'm saying, and the definition, it's kind of like to rub the cat the wrong way. And the Japanese interpreter looks at me and says, what? Yeah, rubbing the cat the wrong way. And he says, I can't translate that. Give me more. I said, well, to crowd, to pressure. I can't do anything with that. Give me more. Now, we're having this dialogue, congregations out there, and we're trying to, I'm going, oh, I got it, I got it. Okay, this morning I was in south of, uh, uh, of Japan. And uh, I had to come up for this meeting tonight. And so the missionary took me to the train station. And he says, Steve, I want you to wait here. The train's coming. And so just because I knew I was going to illustrate this, here's my huge luggage. All right. And so he says, all right, come to this point right here. I want you to stand right here. Now, we're 20 minutes early. Nobody's around. Huge train station. And so I want you to stand right here. And uh, here's the line. When uh, the train comes, the door will open. You get on the train. You count four stops to get off. I got another missionary going to pick you up in the north of Japan in Tokyo. You got it? I got, yeah, I got it. I got it. Piece of cake. Stand here. Get on. Get off. I got it. No problem. He says, okay, don't get lost. You know, there's no signs in English here. You're, don't, don't, don't miss your train. Got it. Okay, I'm here. So I'm sitting here, do 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 you know, the only person in the whole train station. About 10 minutes before the train station, one guy comes down, I'm watching, and one guy comes down the stairway, oh, maybe 100 yards away, long way. He comes down the stair, and he comes down, and he starts walking towards me. And he gets closer and closer. I'm thinking, this is interesting. I'm the only guy in the train station, and he comes, and he stands right next to me, touching me. He's Japanese. I'm looking down on the guy. <laughs> uh, okay, I move over. He moves over. Okay, and then this side, I see another guy coming down the stairway over there. Comes down, he looks around, and he comes right to me, and he stands on the other side of me. Bless God, you little people here, what's going on? And I, I mean, they're touching me. And I go, fine, you want the spot? You got the spot. And I went like that, boom. Now they're touching each other, and I'm happy. Okay, this is great. About that time, another somebody else comes to, on this shoulder. What? Is, and, and then this shoulder. And now it's like five minutes before the train. All of a sudden, the floodgates of heaven open. You ever seen videos of train station in Japan? Watch it on YouTube. You will be educated. Anyway, so here we go. The people are coming in, and there's like hundreds of people, and they keep wanting to, I, I am obvious, okay? I'm the only white face in the whole crowd, and I'm this much taller than anybody else, and they're, they, they can see me. They know I'm there, and they want my spot. And I'm like, this is bizarre. Here, you want it? You can take it. Boom. You want to take it? Boom. Ah, whatever. And, I, and I'm going, what is that? What? Boom, 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 boom. All of a sudden, I'm standing back here, and I hear the train whistle. Doo, doo. And I go, oh, Jesus. There's like 50 people between me and the train now. 
what am I going to do? The train, boo, boo, it's slowing down. And I, I mean, there's thousands of people now, and I'm going, what am I going to do? And I had this idea. They all know I'm here. And so I grab my suitcase, and as the train slows down, the doors open up. I screamed, hallelujah! Every one of them turned to look at me, and I ran into the train. <laughs> Point being, when I was standing there and they were touching me, you know, you don't touch an American, right? <laughs> Come on now. Space, you know, I got my space here. And, so, and, and some of you are from other countries. You know how hilarious this is, you know. You get on the bus, everybody's touching each other, everybody's doing everything, whatever. And not me, not in my world. Here we go. And so, and I was being rubbed against. I was being crowded. I was being pressured. And when that door started to open up, I'm shouting out, oh, Jesus, lost in Japan for my whole life. Oh, God, I got to get in there. Paul says you need to be patient in affliction. When things are rubbing against you, going the wrong way, when things are crashing in your world, what does God expect of you? He expects you to stand strong. He expects you to remain hupomini. He expects you to still be there when the storm passes over and you're saying, yes, God is alive. God is on the throne. I'm going to make this. God's going to help me. I'm going to be patient in affliction. Amen. Then he goes on to say this. Last point here is, you need to be, number three, you need to be faithful in prayer. Faithful in prayer. The word faithful, fascinating word. It means to be earnest towards something. To persevere. To be constantly diligent. To be faithful in prayer means you're being earnest. You're persevering. You're being diligent in your prayer life. Do you know that we need that word, like being reminded of that like every single day? <laughs> you know, every one of you. I mean, you know, I've been around the mountain. It's like, yeah, I know that in the mornings I'm getting ready for my prayer time and everything in the world wants to take my time when I'm saying I'm going to pray. Or I'm going to do it in the afternoon or in the evening. And the world crushes in on me. And it's like, no, I don't have time for prayer. That's when I've got to remember the word to persevere, be diligent in my prayer time. Now, sometimes, don't get me wrong, prayer time is sometimes really easy. I mean, it's so great. I'm in the presence of the Lord, you know, worshiping in the spirit and praying and seeking God. It's a wonderful time. But other times... I need to be reminded to be faithful in prayer, faithful. Luke 18.1, Jesus told this parable that men ought always to pray and never faint or never give up. Then we got the woman that kept knocking on the door and the story, the parable. But the idea, Jesus told this parable so that men ought always to pray and never faint, or NIV says, or give up. The word faint there, or give up, is from two Greek words. It's a compound word, and the two words are this. It means beginning and failure. 
Stick with me for a little bit now. Men ought always to pray or you will begin to fail. If you faint, if you give up, you are beginning to fail. Men ought always to pray and never give up. So we can say this, failing to pray is the beginning of failure. And you might want to write that down. I'll even say it again just for you. Failing to pray is the beginning of failure. You think you can do it on your own? After a little bit, God will say, okay, go ahead and try. <laughs> you think you can do this thing called life on your own without his help? Go try. I mean, I'm here. I'll, 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 if you pray and you ask me, you humble yourself and pray. That's the key, isn't it? Nobody likes to ask for help. I hate asking for help. Everybody, you know, nobody wants to, please help me. Nobody likes to do that. I don't think very many people do. But anyway, here we have this idea of prayer is actually asking God, would you help me? God, I need your help. It's a humble thing to pray. But yet God wants you to pray, wants you to realize you can't do it without him, and he's willing to help you if you just but ask. Wow. Be faithful in prayer. Now, as a church, we're getting ready for uh, days of fasting and prayer, starting next Sunday, the 9th, going through the 15th, and we're going to have a week focused on prayer. And what we'd like for you to do is to participate somehow. However you feel like God wants you to participate in a week of fasting and prayer, you do that. Whatever your schedule is, however you want it. Uh, Pastor Katie, we got some information on the website about fasting. Yeah, we do. On the website, there's some information, tips on how to fast. And so on Saturday night, the 15th, we're going to have a blowout pursuit night of prayer here at the church on that Saturday night. It's going to be a great time. You don't want to miss it. But we're focusing on prayer now at the beginning of the year because we realize if we fail to pray, we're beginning to fail. And we don't want to fail. We want to succeed in whatever God's asked us to do. So we're in prayer now. Ephesians 6, if you take your Bibles, I haven't asked you to turn to too much. But Ephesians chapter 6, turn in your Bibles there with me. And verse 12 is just a fascinating verse. Ephesians 6, 12 says this. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. King James, other versions, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's where we do our wrestling. I remember a time when I was down in, in another country. I won't even tell you where. I was in another country, and it was bad things were going on in the church, and there was a, a person who was supposedly in ministry that was really doing bad things all around uh, this whole area. And uh, so we stood against him in, this, in the one church, and I, I was teaching one night, as I was teaching about, we've got to fight this, we've got to fight this. And as I was teaching, I had this vision of a huge uh, snake 
wrapping its coils around the very building I was in, and then in extension, all the other churches in the area, and it was starting to constrict and starting to, to, to kill everything. And I said, no, we're fighting against that. And something came on me, I tell you what, you know, presence of the Lord, whatever it was, and I took authority over the snake, and I just realized, and the whole church is rising up, and we're yelling at the snake, you know, whatever, and, and things broke that night. And this wasn't just a, a vision kind of a thing. Things broke still to this day. They're broken in that sense, the demonic powers, but that's who we're wrestling against. We're wrestling not against flesh and blood, for we wrestle for our struggle. Fascinating word study here, our struggle NIV, we wrestle in other translations. The word there means, it's from two Greek words. It means I exist, first word. Second word is to vibrate or struggle. I exist to struggle. I exist to wrestle. Do you know why you're in the kingdom of God? To extend the kingdom of God. Simple answer, powerful, life-changing, if you grab a hold of that. Why are you in the kingdom of God? To extend his kingdom. And we're not wrestling with one another. That's foolishness. We are fighting against principalities and powers and dark places and, and things that we don't even want to think about. That's who we're wrestling. And you exist to struggle. That's a fascinating thing. I exist to struggle. And then verse 18, Ephesians 6, says, and now Paul saying, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. The NLT puts it like this. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent. In your prayers for all believers everywhere, pray in the Spirit. Some of you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm talking about as you pray in other tongues. That's a wonderful gift from God. And if you don't have that gift, you can get that gift. That's a simple ask from God kind of a thing. But praying in the Spirit means much more than just uh, sitting there going, yeah, God, bless me and mine. Amen. Uh Prayer in the spirit means that you're actively engaged in this struggle because it's in context of verse 12. We're wrestling not against flesh and blood. We're in a, in, a, in a huge battle with darkness. And do we see that in our culture today, folks? Come on now. What's going on in our world is a huge battle with darkness and light. You are children of light. You got to act like it. Can you say amen to that? Our prayer, that's where it's all at. Yeah, we can, you got to realize that, yeah, we're, we're dynamic, powerful men and women of God, but only because we pray. Because it's not us. His power, his strength. It's God doing it. So we pray in the spirit at all times and on all occasions. <laughs> you know, with the advent of, uh, I don't even have an iPhone. So it's the earbuds for an iPhone or AirPods. I knew it. I was just teasing. With the advent of AirPods, somebody can be walking down the street and talking to themselves like a crazy person, and everybody goes, oh, yeah, they're on the phone. 
So this verse has much more reality today than it ever has before because of the earbuds. <laughs> it's like, pray at all times and all occasions. You're just walking down the street, sitting in your car, waiting somewhere. You can be praying and talking to God. And of course, you don't want to you know, appear crazy or anything, but uh, at the same time, we can really do that now. I mean, I pray in my car all the time, and for years it was like, hand up, yeah, Jesus, yeah, for people driving by, not noticing that I'm just talking to myself, but I was actually praying. Now it doesn't matter. Yeah, I got my Bluetooth thing going on. I'm just talking to God. Okay, here we go, God. Prayer. As a church, we're getting ready for a huge time of prayer. We want everybody to be involved. And so this whole month, we're thinking the month of prayer, but specifically next Sunday through Saturday, we want you to think about how are you going to fast and what times are you going to pray. And we'll be talking more about that next Sunday, God willing, when Pastor Ben returns. Would you bow your heads with me as we go to the Lord right now? Maybe something in the sermon today really touched your heart. Be joyful in hope. Are you lacking hope today or is it something that, you know, God has favored you with and you understand it? But maybe you need some hope. You're looking at the future and it's bleak to you and there's nothing going on and you're, oh God, I want to pray for you. Maybe some of you are having trouble with this patient thing, patient and affliction. You're one who explodes quickly and easily and you're not known for your patience, then I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for all of us that we're going to increase our prayer time and be faithful in prayer. Let's pray right now. Father God, I pray for everyone here. However your spirit has touched their heart and mind during the sermon, I pray that Lord God, they respond to you right now with a yes. I will do that. Yes, I will pray. Yes, with your help, I'll be more patient. Yes, I want to be joyful, Lord God. Help us all today as we put ourselves before you and say, Father God, without you, we can't do a single one of these things. But with you, Lord God, all these things are possible. Would you stand with me right now? If you don't know Jesus, we always want to give you a chance to come forward. And we have some small group leaders. Or there'll be people down here, whoever they are. <laughs> Leadership or small group leaders will be here. And if you need prayer for anything, you come and we'd love to pray with you. And uh, we're going to remember our pastor just in closing today as we remember his birthday week. But remember to pray for him. Father God, we do pray for Pastor Ben right now. Let healing come to him. Father, today, let things turn around in his life and health. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you need prayer, please come forward. Otherwise, may the blessings of God be with you today and forevermore. You're dismissed. <laughs>